This is an Equity Beats Media podcast. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Now, that kind of talk this week dragged Australia's share market to a two-year low. There are, of course, complex He was the big spender. The big spender. Doing the grocery shopping could take a huge chunk out of the family budget. And that's finance. Hello and welcome to Comedian vs. Economist. We demystify the world of money and help you get a handle on the bigger picture. My name's Adam and we're joined as always by my little older brother and real-life economist, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Yeah, good, Adam. How are you? Ah, pretty good, thank you. Hey, big show coming up. Uh, thanks to everyone out there for joining us once again, or welcome if you're tuning in for the first time. Got some nice reviews coming in, which we love. Uh, a review all the way from the US of A this week, Thomas. Uh, Struggle Chick said, love the podcast, uh, which is great. Um, given how much smack Thomas talks about America, it's nice that they still like us over there. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, we do like it if you you leave us a review. But even more than that, though, if if you could just recommend us to someone, that would be amazing. Next time someone asks you for a a podcast recommendation, just give old CVE a shout-out. That would be much appreciated. More listeners just means uh, a few more resources we can put into bringing you a great show each week. In fact... I'd love to hear the most creative way that you've recommended our show to someone you know. Like you could maybe pay a skywriter or get a chant going at the cricket. Or maybe maybe you could just sit down with your, your long-term partner, put on some slow music, light a few candles and say, Baby, you and I have been together a long time now. I think it's time we take the next step. I want to spend the rest of my life with you listening to Comedian vs. Economist. Baby, will you CVE with me? And can you pass the taco sauce? Something like that. Something simple. <laughs> <laughs> Easy as that. Otherwise, maybe just just say yes. I do have some podcast recommendations. <laughs> anyway, massive show. Let's leave that silliness there. Um, and hey, I our birthday next week, Thomas. We're having a birthday. Um, we turn one as a podcast, which is exciting. So uh, I'm taking the week off. <laughs> you, you do what you want. Yeah, well deserved break. Uh, so I'm not sure what's happening next week. I think you're catching up with a, an economist friend of yours, Thomas, a special guest on the show in my absence. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. That's right. I think we're going to talk energy markets, which is probably a good one for you to duck out of, actually. Shame I'm going to miss that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for now, big show coming up, as I say. So let's get started. And this week on the show, CBA have updated some of their forecasts, now saying there is a fair chance of rain on Thursday, among other things. Coffee prices have perked up a bit. No, seriously, what the hell, man? Don't mess with my coffee. <laughs> uh, cash is king. The king is dead. Long live the king in a world of pay wave, afterpay and Bitcoin. Why is there more cash around than ever? But first, Thomas, riddle me this. I started a car company in 2009. To, da- to date, I've delivered 150 cars, which wouldn't even fill the car park at the local IGA. And last year, the company lost $1 billion. How on earth could I IPO this week and now be valued at $113 billion? Oh, yes. Big, big questions. That are big questions to start. Mm. Yeah. So we're talking about Rivian here. So Rivian IPO'd yep. on the NASDAQ last week. Um, 
biggest IPO since Facebook, I've been told. Uh, definitely the hottest in the market. So shares popped 66% in two days, which is a huge, Ooh. yeah, massive. 66 foot. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. massive. Um, yeah, to top the you know, market cap now of 113 billion US dollars, that's more than the US giants of General Motors and Ford uh, on the back of 153 pickup trucks that they've delivered. <laughs> <laughs> this this story makes very little sense to me. I mean, so we've got this company, Rivian, mm. um, which... I don't know if you're aware, they actually changed their name from Rivian. They used to be called Mainstream Motors. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, but decided it was too motory. Yeah. Or mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got, so they've debuted, they are now worth $113 billion. They lost a billion dollars last year. Mm. Oopsies. I, I can't, like Woolworths, didn't Woolworths post like a massive profit and their share price tanked? Yeah. These guys have busted out of the gates with, yep, nailed it, one billion loss, which is up from the previous year, by the way. They're not even tracking the right way. They lost <laughs> many millions. Yeah, 400, 426 million in 2019. <laughs> so, they, so 2019, they lose 400 million. Everyone's like, we are in good shape for the IPO next year. I'm feeling good about this. Actually, it's worse. That. It's four four twenty six million in 2019, one billion in 2020, mm. and in the first nine months of this year, it's another billion. Right, killing so it. They're actually going the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> but it's okay because we made how many cars? One hundred fifty three <laughs> delivered. <laughs> Mostly sold to their to their to their employees. <laughs> Can you imagine that when negotiating the package? So what do I get? Super? Yeah, I'll give you a bit of super. <laughs> can I get a company car? Yeah, you can have one of ours. Ah, oh, really? <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> right. So so these guys are they're an electric car company. They're obviously it's it's all the mm. talk now, electric cars. Well, not electric cars, electric adventure vehicles. That's what they're calling it. So they're they're pickup trucks and SUVs. Right. Utes. Utes and SUVs. Folk, that's that's the segment that they've gone after. Hang on, this their main competitor is Tesla, right? Well documented te- success story in a sense. Yeah, I mean, but Tesla Tesla's passenger cars. So te- Tesla cracked the passenger car market. And Taco Tomato, Thomas. Taco Tomato. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think I think you need more grunt. I think I think speed's one right. thing, but grunt's another thing. It's not a stretch if. If you've got all the bits together, uh, yeah. if you've got all the bits together to build a car, you're not far away from building a you just chop the chop the back window out and, and slash the roof in half and you got a U Yeah. I mean if you're bush mechanics, I don't know if the E V market's a bit more complex than that. I think we're out of our depth here talking about how to how to build an E V. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but that's that's the segment they're going after and so they yeah, people that like some some People talking up saying they did get the first mover advantage in that market. It's a big market. Like you look at uh, Australian car sales, like SUVs are, are like, is is it the thing? Like car, passenger cars are on the way out, SUVs are on the way yeah. up. So if that's that's going to continue, then there's there's much more demand for passenger SUVs than there are for EV, luxury EVs. Yeah, but that but that's what I'm saying. It's still a passenger vehicle. You don't need the you don't need more grunt than you'd get in a Tesla. I don't know what have they got the Model Three or Five or whatever it is. You don't mm. need a lot more grunt. Like I've got a I've got a, a, a SUV, right? But it's not going mm. off road. If I took that thing off road, 
Like mm. I would need the bush mechanic because that's I, I sometimes get nervous going over speed bumps. <laughs> like it's two wheel drive. It's it's got like a four cylinder engine. It's it's a nothing car. It's all about <laughs> it's all, yeah. It's pathetic. It's totally just oh, like okay. a like a soccer mum car. Right for moving the yeah, kids around. Yeah, right, right. So yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. if they're if they're like adventure vehicles, mm. then maybe that's a different that's a different market. Maybe maybe. I think that the the big thing that that Rivian's got going for it is that it's backed by Amazon. So Amazon owns twenty percent of the company, right. um, and and there's a contract. They have a contract with Amazon to build a hundred thousand uh, electric delivery vans. And I think that's what people are that's what people are seeing here. Like you've got you've got Amazon backing you. So Amazon has deep deep pockets, and Amazon has runs on the board, just monstering every industry that they get into whether it's Whole Foods or delivery or web services, like wherever Amazon goes, they just like destroy whatever industry they, they move into. Mm. It's probably better than the, the army of Ford Fiestas they've got going around at the moment with their Amazon Flex <laughs> system where you're not even allowed to own a van. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, so I think I think this is what it really. I think this is what the market's reacting to. This is my theory mm. that the, what the market's reacting to is not that Rivian has IPO'd, is that Amazon has announced that they're getting into EVs, right? And this and Rivian is the vehicle for it. And so people are going like, okay, Amazon's getting into EVs. I'm going to back that just because Amazon's such a monster. I guess a safer play in my book. Wouldn't you just buy Amazon? Yeah, I guess you could. I guess you could. It'd be a drop in the bucket for Amazon's market cap, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You tell me. Like it's not even if Rivian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a it was a rhetorical (laughs) question. You didn't actually have to answer it. (laughs) No, but like if Rivian killed it, it's not going to really move the dial on Amazon's profits much. I wouldn't have thought. No. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I don't know. The other thing I was thinking about this is there's so we've got this new company and it's like it's another one of these kind of startups in a sense. It hasn't been around very long. Mm. It's coming into a new a new technology or a new phase of a very old industry, right? Like, you know, motor cars mm-hmm. have been around for a long time. Like where are the big giants of auto manufacturing? Surely they're like you're taking on them as you know more than you're taking on Tesla in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, Ford owns twelve percent of Rivian, which is sort of interesting. Ah. So they're they're kind of they got their finger in the pie as well. Like, why Ford's not doing their own thing? I mean, they probably are doing their own thing, but maybe it's just specialized. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Like, also, like I think I don't think I think Rivian's planning to to buy their stuff off off offshore whereas compared to tesla so one of the things that like musk prides himself on is that he builds the machines that make the machines so he, he invests in in the tech that actually builds the cars and is able to do it in america mm. and owning that tech gives it gives tesla a big advantage as well which i think that's one thing that separates it from rivium i mean in tesla tesla's an interesting comparison because tesla launched in 2010 um but it didn't turn a profit until last year. So its first profit was last year. So that's over a decade to mm. to get in the money. Musk, yeah, Elon Musk was on Twitter. He, he must have had his account reinstated <laughs> since last week. <laughs> he says, I hope they're able to achieve high production and break-even cash flow. That is the true test, he tweeted. There have been hundreds of automotive startups, both electric, electric and combustion, but Tesla is the only American car maker to reach high-volume production and positive cash flow in the past 100 years. Well, that, you reckon what? That doesn't stack up. Well, I think I think he's saying that Ford and General Motors are, are more than a hundred years old. So that he's the first new car American car company to actually make get positive cash flow. Ah, oh, right. Okay. 
I thought he was just going back like through the history of time and and talking about electric cars only because mm-hmm. then you could just claim like the last million years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thomas, Commonwealth Bank have come out this week with some updated forecasts. What are we looking at? Uh, yeah, so good times ahead, basically. So, um, yeah, good. yeah. Now, they're, they're seeing the economy snapping back more quickly than they had anticipated. They had a, they had a pretty quick return to trend. Uh, you get they had this W shape in the in the profile, so a big dip in the first COVID outbreak, and then another dip with the lockdowns that we've just gone through, uh, and then coming back to trend. So hang on, hang on, hang on. It's bouncing back quicker than expected mm. after the last time where it bounced back quicker than expected. Yes, yes, yeah. The last time being like six, four months ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> did we learn? Did, did, as economist Thomas, did we learn nothing from the first bounce back? Yeah, well, no, there are a few unexpected developments <laughs> that derailed. <laughs> <Of course> it. <laughs> Impossible to predict. Uh, look, forecasting's hard, all right. Yeah, no, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we had so the economy snapped back out of the first COVID downturn. Much, it was a snapback. It was it was much quicker than people thought, and then we went into lockdown again. And we pretty much got back to trend. You look at GDP, level of GDP, we pretty much got back to trend out of, after that first snapback. Then we, we tanked again. We probably went about half, lost about half as much as we did in the first downturn. Uh, and that's where we're at now. But yeah, so how quickly we come back is the question. And CBA had been saying we're going to come back pretty quickly, but now it's actually going to be even quicker than we thought. They're updating their forecast, saying it's going to be quicker than we thought. And so by the second quarter of 2022, so the second quarter of next year, we're back fully on trend. So almost like COVID had never happened. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So rem- that'd be good. COVID never happened. <laughs> yeah. 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 In terms of the GDP. So yeah, saying it's, yeah, just gone. And there are two reasons they're pointing to. The first is that the vaccine rollout has gone much better than expected. So we had gone from being one of the worst performing countries in the developed world. I was going to say, it's all roses now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You go back in the media, like literally two months ago, people were like, this is the worst rollout in the history of rollouts. No one's having it. We had a whole, we had like millions of doses sitting on planes because we were like, I'm not having AstraZeneca. Yeah. What are you, crazy? That's for, that's for the poor people. And now here we are saying this is one of the most successful rollouts ever. Yeah, well, yeah, we've gone from being one of the worst to one of the best. And it's all thanks to New right. South Wales and Victoria. And really, it was just people motivated to avoid the impacts of, the, of, the, of COVID. So that you see that in the States. So New South Wales and Victoria are up above 90% now of a single dose above 16. Whereas SA, Queensland, WA, I think, I don't know, tracking around 80%. And they might, might be a bit higher than that now. But. Yeah, so the fear does seem to be a big driver in, in getting the, the, those vaccines into arms. Um, but yes, but that means that it sort of that change, changes the economic outlook and how smooth the economic reopening is going to be in, in CBA's eyes. Yeah, and the other thing that they're pointing to is that the unemployment rate n- never lifted as much as they were expecting. That you had this as support packages going to employers and just generally government money flowing into the system and that kept people in jobs and the unemployment rates held low like it didn't didn't even really tick up some of this sort of, sort of some shift in participation but unemployment's been very low so we're, we're now you know a full percentage point lower than where we were pre-covid but is that because of border closures as well don't they play a big part in that so people couldn't come into the country a lot of the foreign workers that we might have had that yeah 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 that's true that's true 
that's 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 definitely part of it. Yeah, but there's a survey measure from the the Melbourne Institute, the the Westpac Consumer Confidence Survey, and there's a question like, how do you feel about your job security? And mm. that's a that's a bumper levels, so that's tr- in line with the unemployment rate. So people are generally feeling pretty secure in their jobs, and that that tends to translate into spending. So when people are feeling secure, they spend well. Mm. And if you track the spending as well, so CBA published this uh, chart on their on the card spending, so what people are spending on CBA cards. Um, and that is New South Wales is really interesting there. So New South Wales, as soon as it came out of lockdown, the card spending just snapped right back to where to where the other states where Queensland and WA were sitting. Um, yeah, wow. Mm, so yeah, so look. yeah. Well, we talked last week about more people going out to eat and stuff like mm, that. You mm. know, like shopping. Um, supermarket chains were noticing a dip as people, you know, ate out more and did less grocery shopping and stuff like that. So yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, there's a few interesting. The other interesting, like with this, with the save. So part of the story through COVID is because people couldn't get out and spend, but incomes were held up by government support payments. That you had this boom in savings, and we talked about this before. But they they mm. sort of published some of their internal data. So they're looking at deposits and offset accounts and so money held in offset offset accounts. It's up about twenty twenty five percent on where it was pre COVID. So quite yeah, right. yeah, big big jump in yeah cash in the in deposit accounts and offset accounts, and then they also then they then break that down by generation, so you can you got the boomers, Gen X, millennials, Gen Z, and it's pretty much mm. in line with age. So the boomers their savings are up about twenty percent, right? Gen Z's up about eighty percent. Oh, I was going to say Gen Z wouldn't know what the hell an offset account was. No, they probably don't have an offset account, but they've probably got cash. <laughs> Yeah, right. So they're up eighty percent. They're saving more than boomers. Well, in in percentage terms, so so Gen Zs off a very low base compared to boomers, right? <laughs> um, but they also have a higher propensity to consume income because they don't have a lot of they don't tend to save. Young people typically don't tend to save so much. So you expect once they once they're locked down, they're going to see a big jump in their savings, mm. and that's sort of what you get. So yeah, so boomers up about twenty percent, but Gen Z up eighty percent. In terms of their household deposits. Wow. Well, ours is up. Ours is up this week until the end of this week when the new kitchen goes in. And then the, uh, <laughs> the old offset's going <laughs> to take a fair whack. All right. Let's take a break here. Thomas, you're going to share that chart to our socials, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Find us at CBE Podcast. Coming up after the break, we're going to be talking about why the cost of coffee might go through the roof and where has all the cash in the economy come from. Be back with more Comedian versus Economist right after this. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Welcome back here on Comedian versus Economist. Of course, you can always send us an email. We love hearing from you. CVE at equitymates.com or via the website equitymates.com forward slash CVE. But Thomas, for now, we're talking coffee. Mm. We've got a climate disaster looming. We've had a global pandemic. And now you're telling me that I might not be able to get a decent cup of coffee. What's going mm. on? Yeah, yeah. No, I went to, went to my coffee shop uh, the other day and five bucks for a latte. Thus forms the basis of our research for the show. That's hard data. Right. Take that to the bank. Now, there's a couple couple of things going on with that. So, one is that coffee prices are spiking right now. So, the Ford Futures on Arabica coffee, they're up 63% so far on their their recent lows. So, yeah, big, big boom in coffee prices. Fun fact, Mm -hmm. I heard that the, uh, I heard that, the bean that they make instant coffee from is called the Robusta. Mm-hmm. Just just in case instant coffee wasn't appealing, unappealing enough <laughs> as it was, they've made it from a bean that sounds like it was grown on a fence post. So <laughs> I, just, I just picture them like just throwing the whole thing in a chipper and voila, blend 43. <laughs> <laughs> so right, Arabica, 63% up. Up 63%. So, and that's, a, that's all on supply problems. So, Brazil is the biggest producer in the world. Uh, their outlook for 2022-23 for is somewhere between 34 and 39 million bags of coffee. Um, but the, a typical year for them is around 50, somewhere around right. that. So, yeah, quite, quite a big uh, hit to supply. Um, some of that's logistics. Um, all the freight and shipping, that sort of story going on. There's a lot of weather events. So, yeah, there's drought and, f- drought and frosts in Brazil. Uh, and then heavy rain. So, they had drought and then frost. And then they had heavy rains that triggered a, a fungus outbreak. Oh, what? It's, you, don't want that, you don't want that in your coffee. No. And then the, the, the apparently pruning got out of hand. The, the growers pruned their bushes too much, in some cases, all the way down to the stump. Um, and that's going to delay the recovery by one to two years. Brought to you by manscaped.com. Um, right, that's going to delay recovery. Oh, man. This, yeah. Why, wasn't anyone watching them? <laughs> Do we have people in charge of this sort of thing? Well, I think maybe it was a thing that was maybe related to the fungus. Maybe that was how they dealt with the fungus outbreak. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to over, over, be over dramatic about this, but... Can you imagine, like we had lockdowns, you know how much that hurt the economy. Can you imagine mm. if the economy tries to function without coffee? Like it's going to be, you know, I mean, it'll obviously snap back quicker than expected, yada, yada, yada. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this is, we're heading into dark times. You take away people's coffee. You can lock them up in their house for three months. That's one thing. You take away their coffee, you're going to have riots. Ooh, yeah. I'm telling, telling you right now. Yeah, well, it's gonna it's gonna get gonna get expensive. I think. I mean, the, the, we're talking about the the future prices for twenty twenty two twenty three. So it's kind of locked in. So we've got a bit of a shock ahead of us. Right. Um. Mm, yeah. So, and it's it's already like the I talked to my mate who runs the cafe, but they're they're already seeing it in the prices that they're paying. But the other thing going on for that's going on for coffee is that um, in our case it's labour costs. So he's 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 really struggled to find people to work in the cafe um, because we've right. had you know around Byron Bay and up here we've had you know house prices are up like thirty percent rents are, rents are up like I don't know 
no hard data on it, but my guess would be like 30 or 40%, if not more. Um, yeah, so if you're, you know, a, a, someone working in a cafe, you're really struggling to meet rent, let alone buy. Um, so that creates a shortage, and that's on top of the, you know, without the foreign workers who often often gravitate to hospitality jobs. But yeah, the AFR was running an article this week about uh, dishwashers charging $50 an hour to wash dishes. Man, those machines will just <laughs> screw us every chance they get. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, my dishwasher doesn't do a very good job, but no way I'm paying it 50 bucks an hour. So what, so what do we all do? I guess we just switch to what, Red Bull and Mother? <laughs> get our caffeine from there? I was actually, when you sent me the article about the, about the coffee shortage, I thought I did a bit of research and I was curious to know how they made the caffeine in, in Red Bull and Mother to see if it was the same, if it was the same ca- caffeine. Ah. And it turns out they don't. It's all, it's like purely synthetic. It says here, uh, ingredients such as taurine, caffeine and vitamins are synthetically produced to ensure consistent high quality, which is kind of like it just makes Red Bull a bit of a contradiction in a can because... It also says the water in Red Bull is alpine water of the highest quality, which comes from the Austrian and Swiss Alps. The sugar <laughs> is produced from sugar beet. Ingredients such as taurine, caffeine and vitamins are synthetically produced to ensure consistent high quality. It's from the Red Bull fact sheet. Wow. Because, <laughs> you know, you'd hate to mix in anything natural with your Swiss alpine water. <laughs> Right, Thomas, finally, it seems like we're seeing the end of cash all through society and now you're saying that ATMs are being pulled out left, right and centre. What's going on? Yeah, so we got some APRA data, APRA being the banking regulator. I got some data from them last week um, saying that 447 branches, so bank branches, or 9% of the total branch network have closed in the past year. So, yeah, big, big fall in the number of branches around. Um, but ATMs are disappearing at a quicker rate than that. So they lost uh, 1,864 uh, ATMs or 19% of the network ripped out in the past year. In the past five years, there's been a 44% fall um, from 13,000-odd down to 7,000-odd. Um, and 803 or a third of the entire network in the last two years alone. So a rapid, wow. rapid ripping out of uh, ATMs. I better get some cash out for indoor soccer tomorrow night before <coughs> it's too late. Yeah, so there's a couple of things. So partly it's demand-driven. So saying that ATM, Australian Banking Association's data saying that ATM withdrawals have fallen 20% in the year to August mm. 2021, and they're 16% the year before. So there's a big decline. And we saw this with COVID. So like with a lot of everything went online, all sort of, you know, Everyone's paying by cards. So a lot, a lot of shops weren't even accepting cash, and so there's a big fall in in the demand for cash. So 16% mm. last year, 20% this year. So yeah, they're pretty big declines. I'm almost at a I'm almost at a point now where I don't need my wallet. I've got like my metro yeah. card for the train, and that is mm. literally the only thing I need a wallet mm. for. <laughs> like yeah. everything yeah. else is on the phone. Like I have no, I just don't carry cash, and everything I can do on my phone. Yeah, driver's license, it's all, it's all there. Hey? Yeah, it's all there. Yeah. yeah. I love it. No, that's right. Yeah, I see people advertising wallets online. I think, man, that's a, that's a dying industry. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, short wallet sellers. Short wallet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so, so, yeah, so demand for ATM and cash is down generally. The, but the other thing is that once there's been a sort of industry-wide shift towards fee-free uh, withdrawals, which turned ATMs into a profit center, into a cost center. So there's sort of no, uh, yeah, no, right. no point in, in, in having them anymore. They're just a cost. So the banks are kind of keen to get rid of them. <laughs> They're just servicing people for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just offering convenience with no price attached to it. Yeah, I mean, we should note that the data on cash withdrawals comes from the ABA, so they could be talking their book there. Mm, like yeah, ju- fair enough. But justifying. But yeah, we, do know, we do know, like, definitely in terms of the percentage of um, transactions, cash is, is, has declined sharply since COVID started. I think we're down to, like, a fifth, in less than a fifth in Australia now of all transactions happen with cash. But there's an interesting thing is that... Um, while demand for cash is, is tanking, there's a huge amount of cash coming into the system. So I've got a chart here I'll share, which is from the RBA on their money ag. So during 2020, the currency, the amount of dollars and coins in the economy was growing at almost 20%. What? So it was booming. And it's now fallen back to a growth of 5%, which is sort of in line with historical averages. But there was a huge boom in the amount of money but not 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 like digital money like like the most when we talk about quantitative easing and money printing that's just like mm. digital money just pressing a button this is actual hard currency yeah growing at 20 percent. where's it going well th- th- apparently there's a thing called the paradox of banknotes which is Ooh, a, i like a, it yeah it comes from the central banks well, we don't like it as much. But yeah, so the central banks talk about this paradox of bank banknotes is that while there's much less cash being used in transactions, demand for cash is booming. Yeah, so say in, in Europe, the ECB released something saying that a fifth of banknotes in circulation were being used in recorded sales. So only, but only a fifth. Only one fifth. Yeah, so four fifths were just kind of like not really sure where they are and what they're doing. Isn't this the whole problem with cash? Isn't this why governments and everyone else are so supportive of kind of getting away from cash is because cash, the traceability element, like cash cash isn't traceable. You know, even I think yeah, we talked about last week about CBA offering Bitcoin. Bitcoin's traceable to a degree. If you know that like a wallet address, you can see money flowing around the system, whereas cash is sort of very untraceable. But you're saying it's the government that's making the cash. Yeah, but it's sort of going out. So, like, so even like, so while demand for cash transactions is plummeting, demand for actual cash is booming. So, the, and the euro responded to this and printed 140 billion euro of extra cash, extra hard currency. That's on top of the QE, hmm. just to, to meet this demand. And they're thinking, no one's really talking about it, but it, it, everyone seems to think it's just black market operations. Yeah. So, the Britain's National Crime Agency did an analysis of how many banknotes were printed and how many were used in transactions to figure out the leakage. And they found out that so much money is leaving the country that the only feasible way it could be doing it is in massive trucks. <laughs> like there's just that much money leaving the country that it can't be like... So it can't be like your little drug mule here and there. No, of. no. Well, there's a, there's a story a couple of weeks ago where this woman got picked up trying to fly to somewhere in Europe out of out of the UK and she got busted with like three million dollars in just notes and it's all like tens and twenties like she had three suitcases that she was lugging around and I was like oh that's carrying a lot of luggage (laughs) (laughs) she's like I don't know if it's going to be cold or not (laughs) 
Well, I read that you sent it to me. She, she, apparently, she had it. She had it wrapped in coffee to try and like to um, to smuggle, like to, to you know throw off the sniffer dogs. But given the price of coffee now, I imagine it'd be the other way. So people be wrapping up, wrapping up coffee in banknotes as they try and smuggle a cup of arabica beans over the border. <laughs> Yeah, so and, and so illegal, obviously, to to, to mm. smuggle that much money out of it. But the, the, the authorities were saying, like, if they're willing to just let that much go in one hit and risk losing it, then there must just be so much money flowing out of the system. And as they're yeah, saying, like, no. must be truckloads. It can't all be that, can it? Are you seriously saying we live in a society where four-fifths of the cash in the economy mm. is being managed by mafia and ne'er-do-wells? Who? Yes. Um, <laughs> <Those> ne'er do wells. <laughs> I think they're a bit more organised than your mates down at Westfield. <laughs> yeah. No, no I think I think I think I think that's what we're saying. I think that's what wow. we're saying. Yeah, and Four I think. Fifths. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's it's massive, and it's and it's probably just accelerating because people are turning away from cash in droves. And yeah, I think I think it's really interesting. Like, if people are worried about moving to a cashless society, you're going to quickly end up with a situation where ninety percent of cash is held by criminal elements, and the case to outlaw cash is going to become it just gets easier and easier to make as you go. All right. Well, if anyone is out there holding suitcases full of cash, feel free to sling some through to uh, your mates here at CVE. We could certainly do with a bit to uh, keep bringing you some content. That does us for this week. Uh, don't forget to check out all the other great podcasts from Equity Mates Media. Get started investing, Equity Mates Investing Podcast. You're in good company. Talk money to me and the brand new Crypto Curious Podcast. I had a listen the other day. It's fantastic uh, if you like your crypto. Uh, so lots to get your ears around. Also, big news this week, we're launching the Equity Mates Media Awards, which is a chance to give our community an opportunity to recognize some of the best products, platforms, and voices in the Australian financial landscape. So this year, there are five awards. We're seeking nominations for Investor of the Year, CEO slash Business Leader of the Year, ETF of the Year, Platform of the Year, and Community Member of the Year. So that could be you. So find the link in the show details in the show notes and make sure you get your nominations in. But that's it for us this week. We will talk to you again next week. Thanks as always for tuning in. We will see you then. Comedian vs. Economist is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Comedian vs. Economist are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Comedian vs Economist acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.